and welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. Uh, my name is Alex. This is my co-host, Rob. Hello. And uh, this is episode 18 now, Rob. Yeah. So does that mean that we can now do things that we couldn't do before, like drink? Uh, do you have to be 18 to drive, or is that 16? Uh, I think it's 17. Why don't you have to be 17 to get a provisional license? It's also confusing. You can basically have kids at 16, but you can't have any alcohol till you're 18. This is true. Yeah, it's all very confusing. But we can do things about now, can we? Yeah, and also, I mean, a friend of mine was telling me the other day that apparently there's no legal age to own a shotgun, or, have it, or hold a shotgun license. Well, that's good. Yeah, there apparently there's 10 people under the age of 18 who do. 10 people? Yeah. There must be more than that. Well, that's what the, the, this is, is to do research. Who is this person? They sound like they're talking bullshit. I met him on the bus. You met them on the bus? Yeah. Did you really? No, no, no. He's a friend of mine from work. He was doing research for um, our way day. No, this is going nowhere. I know. Uh, we'll just cut the site. So we can be found at our website, which is lapodcast.net. Uh, we can also be found on iTunes, of course. If you search for Alex and Rob... Or if you search for local anaesthetic, you can find all of our episodes there. And you'll see that lots of lovely listeners have given us five-star reviews. Yeah. And a lot of them have written five-star reviews. And if you like the show, please think of leaving us a review too. And you don't have to worry because on iTunes you do it. You, lo- you log in your account. But when you leave a review, you always do it anonymously under a nickname. Um, you will have to choose quite a few nicknames because iTunes will keep telling you this person has already been chosen. Just put in a random string of letters and digits. Yeah. That tends to do the trick. Absolutely. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. And Facebook is www.facebook.com forward slash local anesthetic podcast, where you can get updates uh, on the podcast and, and anything else will comes to my mind. And uh, also we're on Twitter, which is at LA podcast. Very good. Yes. Anything else to report before we crack on? We haven't won the lottery again, have we? I don't know. Let me check. The, I haven't checked the spam. Maybe we have. Oh, we've got, we've got three emails. So let's have a look. No, we do have an investment proposal, though. Can you have a look at that between now and next week? I can, certainly can, yeah. Yeah, and I, then can we consider it? Can you move it into our inbox then so yeah. Google doesn't delete it? We've also it. been contacted by a firm selling popcorn machines. <laughs> that could come in handy. Yeah, I thought so. Popcorn machines. I quite like them. Maybe some popcorn on the podcast. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah it depends how much it's all going to cost, you know. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. We are, yeah, I'm, I'm famously tight, so it's probably not a good idea. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'll just start us off here, Rob, with a very uh, short story. Uh, it's just more of an announcement by the new shopper. <laughs> it's by Alan Woods. <laughs> and the headline is... Water Zorbing and Coconut Shy for Dartford Grammar School for Girls Summer Fair. Oh, that sounds nice. Um, the Pim's Tent will no doubt be popular, it says. <laughs> Water Zorbing, a second-hand bookstore and a Coconut Shy will be among attractions at Dartford School Summer Fair. Dartford Grammar School for Girls in Shepherd's Lane will be holding their annual summer celebration on July the 1st between 1pm and 4pm, so it's three hours. With fingers crossed for an afternoon of sunshine, <laughs> okay. refreshments will be provided by a sizzling barbecue while others may choose to spend their time in the Pim's tent. Entrance to the fair is £1 for adults, with children going free, although youngsters under 12 must be, must be accompanied by an adult. And when I read this, Rob, my first question was... I know what it's going to be. You have no idea what water zorbing is. Well, do you? I, what I liked was how how similar it sounded to waterboarding, <laughs> and I like the idea of this summer fair where you had waterboarding, a secondhand bookstore, and a coconut shop. <laughs> water zorbing are these huge plastic balls, aren't they? Yeah, they, they, they you get inside, and I'm sp- I didn't. I thought people used tend to sit on dry land, but evidently not. Maybe they just push them into a lake and hope they float. Should I know what this is? No, but I mean, considering you didn't like know what tinned, ca- yeah, you didn't know what tinned carrots vegetables were, were. tinned I mean, carrots. No, because you went on to Tim Peas as well. But the question is, is should I know what water zorping is? No, not necessarily, no. no. I suppose you haven't come to maybe it was with. Maybe, no, maybe it was after my time. I mean, when I was a kid and we went to the pool, the best thing we got was when they put out those great big floats 
over the pool and you could like jump <laughs> from float to float. That was the best we got. We didn't get this fancy kind of thing. No, I know you mean. Do, do you remember when you were a kid and you used to have the? Um, I'm not sure if we discussed this on another podcast actually. But you know, you used to have the floats. You used to swimming. You used to hold out in front. We've of never you. discussed. It. Okay, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure why I discussed this then. But they always used to have bite marks in them. Yeah. Who thought at what stage? I mean, I know that obviously swing, uh, swimming builds up an appetite. Who thought that looks quite tasty and has taken a bite out of it? But it never used to be the one bite. People look like they've been nibbling around the outside of it. <laughs> Maybe that's just the mice. It could be. There must be some big ass fucking mice in that pool, I'll be honest. I'm <laughs> 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 just saying. Okay, Rob, uh, do you have a story for us? Yeah, I'd just like to say this week, I haven't chosen any stories myself. These have been, uh, these are listener stories that have been sent in. So uh, they've been sent in by, by Greg. Who so I've been busting my ass. Uh, going through these stories, condensing them down, going through. I had to go through one story that had 133 comments, Rob. What? I did give up after about I 50, can imagine, yeah. Um, yeah, so these have been sent in by Shay, who's a, who's a regular contributor, and also by Greg. Um, and I, I will just sort of uh, cite whose story belongs to who before I do them. Um, I'm going to start off with a story that Shay sent in. Um, Shay comes from. Uh, he comes just outside Bristol. That's it. And uh, this is from the Bristol Post. Um, I would like to say that I'm not making light of the story because the story is horrific. It's just the comments on the story. Well, in one one particular comment. The headline is Neighbours of Methadrome Death Baby Speaks Out. Okay. okay. Yeah, this is this is close to the knuckle now. Yes. Yeah. I'm not making I would, light I would see this story and probably wouldn't even look at it because I think there's going to be nothing I could possibly find amusing about this. But, well, okay, go on. Yeah, okay. Um, Neighbours of to- toddler Jaden Green's parents have told how the couple sold stolen property on their doorstep to fund their drug habit. During their trial, the jury heard that both Jamie Green and Sonia Britton were addicted to crack oh, sorry, crack cocaine and heroin. The meth drone that killed uh, Jaden was a heroin substitute. Many of the couple's neighbours in uh, busy Bell Hill Road, St George's, were willing to talk about the family. But some said they had to, they'd been approached by them and offered cash for, um, goods for cash. Uh, one resident who asked not to be named said, They were coming around trying to sell us things. Nappies, suntan lotion, even a tortoise. <laughs> right, sorry, sorry. Um, uh, the parents of these kids were drug addicts and yeah. were desperate for cash. Yeah. And they'd come around trying to sell things. Yeah. Like the sort of crap you find around your house, and one of them was like, well, look, why don't we just sell a tortoise? Yeah, so yeah, it just means just look, nappies, Brilliant. suntan lotion, and a tortoise. That's <laughs> the sort of thing you find in an average car boot town in Catford, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, the resident remembered hearing screams when Jane was found. He said, I'm shocked by what happened, but it wasn't a surprise. It's the drugs, isn't it? (laughs) Um, Detective Chief Inspector Simon Crisp, good name, uh, was in charge of the investigation. So the case showed how dangerous hard drugs and their substitutes were in a family environment. How did this kid, their young child, die? Well, basically what they were doing, they were giving the baby methadrone to stop the baby crying, which is just horrific. Now, I have to say, I, I have a slight issue with, with what the Detective Chief Inspector said. Right. We, want to make, uh, we want to make clear that parents cannot administer methadrone to their children like cowpole. In what situation would you ever give a baby methadrone? Methadone. Methadone. Yeah, methadone. Not drone, yeah. Didn't That's think. what they've been doing, though, Rob. That's why he's talking about it. It is relevant to this case. Yeah. He's saying you can't do what they've done and give it to a baby like it's cowpox. But who's in the, who's been thinking at home, thinking, well... Well, these people. We've run out of nappies. Yeah, these so, people. So drug addicts, basically, yeah. is what he's saying. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, last summer, a young boy, aged just 23 months, died from a methadone overdose. Friendly tests showed that he was exposed to methadone over a prolonged period of his short life. Now, I'm not going to go into it there, uh, because he just expands on, on the case itself. But um, it was just... 
there's a few comments as you'd expect. Um, there's a lot of righteous indignation. There were a lot of angry, outraged people on this. There then there were uh, 19 comments in particular. But just one comment stood out for me by Toddy123, who simply asked, What happened to the tortoise? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I just, you know, the, and all the comments around it are furious. There's even one who, there's a, a guy who's a reformed drug Do you not addict. you think that's in bad taste? Oh, it's an extraordinarily bad taste. That is. He's, uh, and this is one of the, I think I'm right in saying this is one of the, the later comments that was left. Um, Did anybody respond to it? No one. <laughs> no one has picked up on the comment. They just they just left it and didn't want to take any 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 ownership or any onus for this one person. It's a, it's a very troll esque comment. I feel. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. and he's hiding behind a wall of anonymity. Yeah, so good for him. <laughs> Okay, Rob, well, after that rather harrowing beginning by you, and um, my next story here. Okay, this is from the uh, New Shopper, it's by David Mills. The headline is, War Hero Likens Housing Association to Third Reich. <laughs> right. Now, I love this story. I was going to read it out last week, but I didn't have time, so it ran, so it's carried over. It's a rollover story. Okay. Although I'm not at all suggesting that this show has anything to do with... The people of Port Scotland Lottery! Or the United Nations Lottery. Have you seen the advert yet? No. Oh, it was on the other day and I grabbed my phone and I tried to record it. I tried to record it. I can't believe that there's no, there's no mention of it on YouTube. Or at least not that, that specific advert. Okay. Anyway. Okay, a war hero told to pay the rent on his lock-up garage by direct debit or face losing it has compared a housing association to the Third Reich. Douglas George, 93. 93, good on him says he was livid, in quotes, when he received a strongly worded letter from Affinity Sutton, who featured in an earlier podcast, I can't remember with what, but do you remember Affinity Sutton who said it was a good name? They weren't the ones who, who, um, who cleared out the, the man's garage when all his, his toys were, all his toy trains were in there. Do you Is know what? what? It was, wasn't it? Or was it the... Yeah, it I was. I think it was that one. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's got a point. They say that they know they now only accept direct debit as a payment method for <laughs> garage accounts. So he's oh, got okay. his garage. It went on to say, if we do not receive the completed direct debit form back, we will have to take the garage from you. So that was their quote. Okay. Mr. George of Farrington Avenue, Bromley, says he has rented the garage in nearby Birch Row as a place to keep his car safe for almost 50 years. Until receiving the letter on May 28th, he has always paid his £21.44 fortnightly rent with a payment card at the post office issued to him by Affinity Sutton. Mr George was an RAF ground crew officer who enlisted in 1939, aged 18. He served in the war until the bitter end in 1946 and was based off the Dover coast and in Africa. The father of two, who went on to become a civil servant after the war, said, The letter is appalling. It reminds me of the Third Reich. You do this or we will do this. I fought for this country and this letter gets to your guts. I don't like its tone. I don't like direct debit. I don't pay any of my bills by direct debit. He's not really aware, is he, of any sort of official process like direct debit. I just love it. Like Everything's like fascism. Since receiving the letter, Mr George has settled the matter with Affinity Sutton, who probably wanted to do it pretty quickly to avoid the bad press, which will allow him to continue paying after using his preferred method. Head of housing for Affinity Sutton, Sarah Patton, said, 
We have spoken to Mr George and explained to him why we are asking all our garage licensees to pay by direct debit, but that given his personal circumstances, we are happy for him to continue to pay his using his payment card. Do you have any comments for, before I well, tell you? Well, first of all, that's a complete non-story, because first of all, he got exactly what he wanted. Uh-huh. Second of all, it doesn't matter who's a war hero, I'm sorry. And I know people have it and take issue with this. It's like, yay, the way he's been treated, he fought for this country. Yes, he did, but so did many others. And also, they're making, ending up making an exemption for him that they're not for other people. Yeah. And also, what on earth would you have against direct debit? You can cancel a direct debit. Well... Anyway, maybe if any if anybody out there knows yeah. why direct debits are the first slip, step on the He's basically slope. suggesting that direct debits are the modern age equivalent of the final solution. Yeah. Yeah. I think he is. Okay. Right, Cookster says, having fought in the war, I'm sure he knows it's nothing like the Third Reich. Not really. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to laugh like someone just spat water over my laptop. Eagles Man says, that's what people don't appreciate about Hitler. It wasn't the murdering of six million Jews, starting a world war, or the general beastliness of the Nazis. It was their damn direct debit payment policies that were the real threat to our freedom. <laughs> Thank goodness for Churchill, that's all I can say. Absolutely. Okay, uh, my next story is another one of Shays from The Post again. From uh, the Bristol Evening Post. Yeah, sorry. I think it's, yeah, Bristol Evening Post, that's right. Or the BEP. Ah, that's what it means. Sorry, I will come back to that later because, yeah, okay. Well, you didn't realise. Lots of people use that abbreviation. Comment, lots of people in the comment been using the abbreviation BEP and you couldn't work out what it's I didn't know for. what it meant, no. Well done, Rob. Okay. Again, it may not be a story we should make light of, but I just want to just clear how I'm this. Sex assaults at the same spot are linked by police. Good, that's what they're there for. Exactly. Um, police believe the same man may be behind two sex assaults at the same spot in St George's. So, same area as the, uh, as the previous story. Um, both attacks happened in an alleyway off Kingsway, opposite Ferber Road, where police were last night asking passers-by for information and looking for potential witnesses. Really? Really? They think they might be linked, do they? Well, that's exactly <laughs> Sherlock Holmes there, isn't it? Well, they both happened in the same alleyway. You basically just got to the, the crux of the story. A 16-year-old was assault, assaulted around 9.30 on Wednesday last week. I'm not laughing at that, by the way. Um, police have now revealed that an earlier indecent assault happened near the same spot around 10.15 on May 11th. Two uh, 16-year-old girls were walking home along Kingsway when a man appeared from the alleyway and attacked one of the girls before pushing her away and making off, ba- uh, making off back down the alley. Detective Constable Don, uh, sorry, Sam I think it's Donetti told the, the Post he was very confident the two incidents were linked because they happened at the same place at similar times of the evening and had other connections. Yes, well done. Yeah, I mean, that's detective work. I mean, this is, this is Bristol's finest. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. Um, the man involved in, in May the 11th attack was described as white and about six foot tall with a Bristolian accent and wearing a black balaclava. Um, the man involved in the May 30th incident was also said to be white and wearing sunglasses and a beanie hat. He was aged between 20 and 40. <laughs> what? 20 and 40? So the 16 year old couldn't ballpark him between 20 and 40. Yeah. Uh, PC Don Don- uh, PC you don't have an e-fit? No, unfortunately. No. Uh, I would like to reassure local people that we've increased our patrols of the area and are carrying out a very thorough investigation into both incidents. Right, there are five comments on uh, this story, which are, and I'd like to do all of them. Brilliant. That's possible. Five isn't very many. No, not at all. Um, so, by Shaz J said, Catch this vile piece of scum, then name and shame him with a picture here in, in the BEP, which is obviously... What now you know what it means, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I think this is actually one of the father of one of the girls that's attacked. Really? Yeah. How um, do you know that? Well, well okay, go on. It says it. Um, so, by Hero 5 said, uh, they should hang thee, and then it's been um, starred out, um, for putting my daughter and the other girl through such a horrendous ordeal. What a sick excuse for a human being. You think that might be her father, do you? Because again, again, you, you could be a detective. I know, yeah. I, I detected well, by the fact that he, said, yeah. he, he said he used the word my and daughter. I've, I did, I've deduced that that could be his... I mean, there's, there's, there's no guarantee, but it could be. Yeah, you're right. Um, Alpen said, yep, definitely needs catching. Yo, this is a very strange comment. Young girls should not be subjected to, to this trashy behaviour. To this trashy behaviour? <laughs> trashy behaviour? Yeah, I mean, this is exactly what it says. Trashy behaviour. Trashy. I thought he was probably sick, sort of trashy. Yeah. I mean, trashy behaviour, I was thinking maybe... Trashy behaviour, yeah, like, sort of... I don't know. I, mean, I, don't, I can imagine, you know, maybe sort of uh, going out with... You, you describe sort of clothing as trashy. Yeah, not behaviour as trashy. describe as a sexual assault as trashy. No. And well, he just horrific behaviour, maybe, not trashy behaviour. Yeah. And he, fi- he just ends it with, I hope they go over it. Who, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the perpetrator or the victim? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, by Cider Dog says uh, despicable crimes not the greatest piece of deductive reasoning to link the two <laughs> crimes mind you um, a five year old could have made that connection which yeah. I think is a fair point yeah. um, well, you wouldn't want to harrow a five year old by sort of exposing them to this and asking them to make the connection <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah that's true that, yeah. That, that, that would be unkind I'd like to see the uh, the Bristol police employing uh, toddlers yeah. onto the force because they make better influences <laughs> yeah. and their minds are purer yeah. <laughs> helps them think yeah. um, and the final category <laughs> is something that I'd expect from uh, a resident of Bournemouth Big Gregory said I hope they catch this scumbag the problem is he, he oh, oh this is also why I wanted to read this um, the problem is he will probably only get a light sentence before inevitably getting early release and going on to carry out worse crimes graduation so he thinks you're sort of an elephant yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these sort of criminals always have a these sort of criminals always seem to have a gradually worse worsening crime list until they reach a stage of having some something sufficiently evil to be permanently imprisoned we really need to go on wiki and put up and, and write our own submission for the graduation theory absolutely can we, we can we also do some sort of really crudely drawn diagrams <laughs> yeah what like the evolution of man to ape but we have it through you know Man sex with fish. Yeah. Uh, th- normally, what normally happens is a lot of evidence for it is the people who commit sexual assaults, they start off with something small like a centipede. Yep. They sexually assault a centipede and they go gradually up. So, you know, they can be found buggering a mouse. And the next thing you know... Do you reckon they, 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 they sort of um, eventually sort of start humping inanimate objects? They so just see a man, maybe... A building? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. A man with his cock in the letterbox. Possibly, but, I, but you know, because... Yeah, because there's nothing wrong with that. Would you get done for that? Well, I guess it depends on the <laughs> I don't know. If I came down and sort of penis in my letterbox, I might be slightly perturbed. I thought about this too much. <laughs> right, Rob, my next story, you conveniently mentioned... Uh, you conveniently mentioned Bournemouth earlier in the sort of comments one might get. Mm. This, okay, this has got to be surely the best headline ever. And it is a bit of a harrowing story again, but I mean... There I is don't some... know. I still think the best headline ever we've ever had is a man who, who was mugged by a fox for garlic bread. I don't know. Uh, okay. Are you ready? Go on. So it's from... It's by Stephen Bailey, and it's from the Bournemouth Echo. And the headline is... Knife attack, fight with a bottle, a prostitute, and a sad child. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is what a ten year old. <laughs> what a ten-year-old child sees every day from his bedroom window in Boscombe. That's the headline. Hey! <laughs> Where does he live? Boscombe. Oh, yeah. 
Sad sights. The te- a ten-year-old's picture. A child's drawing of what he sees from Bosk and bedroom window. A prostitute, a fight, and a man urinating in public. So this is what a ten-year-old child has drawn. I'll show you in a second. Oh, brilliant. So his dad has passed a picture to the Echo. Okay, so... He, he came home, his 10-year-old had drawn this and said, this is what he sees out of his window. Would you like to see the picture? Oh, 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 yeah, absolutely. So here it is. Sweet Jesus. Would you like to describe it? Maybe stuff. So there's about... There, right, so it's an A4 piece of paper and there are a number of figures on it, aren't there? Do you want to describe it or shall I? Okay, no, there, I, I'm going to describe it. There's a child at the top. Um, so that's a sad child. <coughs> with cold, dead eyes next to a grave. Next to a grave with R.I.P. on it, and and a man what looks like holding a saucepan, or it could an be axe. an axe. Yeah. Right. Um, there's and after that, I'm not even sure what the fuck that is. Um, at the bottom, we have uh, a man appears to be lying down with what can only be described as a machete, um, who's lying on top of another man who I think he's just killed, and, and his, his face has been scribbled out. Very good. Yeah. Um, and next to that is, I assume, a woman in. What can it be described as uh, um, trashy gear? Underwear, basically. And what looks like a note <laughs> strapped to her knee. Yeah, so that's <laughs> what pound, he's drawn. A pound note, no, but like a tenner strapped to her knee. So this kid's dad has passed a picture to the Bournemouth Echo and he said, it's sad that they see this sort of behaviour from adults all the time and they see it as normal. The ten-year-old boy lives close to Churchill Gardens and the area's red light district around St Clement's Church. His drawing shows a man fighting with a bottle and knife, a woman with money stuffed in her stocking, <laughs> and a sad boy. The boy said... <laughs> I see all these people out of my window all the time. Sometimes I tell my dad, sometimes I just watch them. The dad said he sees prostitutes regularly and people fighting with a bottle. He's seen people urinating in the graveyard at St. Clement's. So that's somebody urinating in a graveyard. Oh, OK. Right. Yeah, I can see it. The now. children often get woken by shouting and screaming and witness, and witness women being picked up in cars. A lot of aggressive men are around all the time. The Echo spoke to residents living in the area and they said the disturbing images in the drawing were all too common. Boscombe resident Chris Thompson, 22, who grew up in the area, said, You see lots and lots of fights between groups of lads. When I was growing up, the prostitution was more towards the train station. <laughs> Churchill, go. Churchill Gardens has improved a lot. When you, when you are this little, all this frightens you. You feel shocked. And they've called that picture the sketch of shame. That's their, they've run a lot of articles about it. Um, Rudolf Hucker, our first commenter, yep. says, None of this nonsense on Chesil Avenue, where I live, I don't want to live anywhere else in Bournemouth. There will always be drug addicts and whores in some areas. <laughs> yeah. The renegade master says, My advice to this young boy's dad is simple. Move. If you don't want to live... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you don't want to live where the scum are, you have no choice <coughs> because our council and local police seem unable or unwilling to solve the problem. Beachcomber1 says, I live in Boscombe and it's perfectly fine where I live. I don't like the whole area being tarred with the same brush. <laughs> of course, yeah. Uh, only that they, they wrote Brish. And then they wrote another comment saying, oops, I meant brush. At least he clarified. Yeah. So he's not illiterate. I love this comment. Okay. Uh, Birth Newshound says, This haunting picture reminds me of William Hogarth's iconic sketch of Gin Lane in London in the 1750s, in which he illustrates the inability of the yeah. government and the church to remedy the evil effects of gin. Over 250 years later, it seems that things haven't changed much, except that gin isn't the only substance available. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. It's very easy for people to say that the family should move. They probably didn't choose to live in Boscombe. It may have been the only part of town they could afford. Average earnings in Bournemouth are below the national average, while housing costs are higher than average. This isn't an image of Boscombe our esteemed council leader would choose to recognise. Despite the millions that have been pumped into Boscombe, there simply isn't a political will to tackle the social problems which plague the area. To tackle social deprivation, drugs and alcohol abuse would mean that Bournemouth Council would have to admit the scale of the problem, and that doesn't sit well with their rather rose-tinted image of Bournemouth. I thought that was one of the more... Reasoned that was very, very levelled, yeah. B. 
Big Bad Phil says, right. this story is really stupid. How about what a ten-year-old boy draws from his wooden hut in Africa? Because everybody in Africa lives in wooden huts. Oh, yeah. Did he really see all this from his window? If so, then his father needs to get a grip on life and move to a better area. But I still expect if the boy did another drawing from his window, the same items would come up. Perhaps from the films and TV that he is allowed to watch, which is really not suitable. Come on, does he really see ladies of the night stuffing money down their knickers? Most of the girls in that area don't even wear knickers. Wait a minute, sorry. He's just contradicting himself in the same sentence. Yes. Yeah, I know. Yeah, One I know. absolute penis. He really is. <laughs> Calm 11 says, A sketch or poem can illustrate the problem better than a thousand earnest words. Someone would be quite poetic, really. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Phil uh, has, has uh, contributed again. He says, All right. you, you can't choose your neighbours, but you can live in sandbanks and still have horrid neighbours. Money doesn't buy class. <laughs> and that's a very good point, because you could live in sandbanks and live next to Harry Redknapp. <laughs> Dylan 0202 says on a more positive note not a bad drawing from the little lad <laughs> could be the next Lowry yeah, absolutely yeah and last comment <clears throat> says football banning order Yob says boz scum shithole of an area full of crackheads prozzies the general scum of the earth Feel sorry for the lad who sees us every day. About time the police over here were armed and feared once more. This country's become a nanny state. These wasters should be sent to France. <laughs> oh my God. Oh dear. I mean, I have to say... France is full of people who urinate on the street, <clears throat> prostitutes, and, you know... Well, they no cheesy you can surrender, surrender monkeys. Yeah. Not my words, the words were racist. Yeah. Or xenophobe. Well, either, either one. <laughs> Rob, you got another story for us? Yeah, this one is uh, from Greg from Gloucester. Um, ah, so this is a new contributor. This is a new contributor. Greg from Gloucester. He's actually, it's a story from uh, the paper that I started covering last week, The Citizen. The Citizen! The Citizen! <laughs> I wish we should say it like that, I'm sure that's... Anyway. Um, and there's big news in the Forest of Dean. Is Adele planning to move to Gloucestershire? I don't care. <laughs> is she going to live any, move anywhere near Stroud? Uh, no. Because if so... She wants to watch out. She'll, yeah, never, she'll never get out. I think she'll be welcome into Strand. I think it's in, they'll, uh, they need uh, something to... Propaganda. Them. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Rumours of an imminent move to the Forest of Dean uh, for megastar singer Adele are sweeping the area. Like wildfire. Not literally. That would be terrible. Yeah. Um, and it'd probably put off of moving, I would have thought. Yeah. Um, the old vicarage in Drybrook is widely believed to have caught her eye. Mm. It's on the market for one million two hundred ninety-five. A thousand. A vicarage? Bloody yeah. hell, I see some vicarage. Yeah, well, you, 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 I'll, I'll tell you the dimensions of it. Uh, and a spokesman for a stage in Hamilton Stiller. No, I don't know those. They're one in the story. Although there are They might be similar. To allude to her dimensions. Um, a spokesman for a stage in Hamilton Stiller, while we're not confirming or denying the wealthy performer's interest, said it would be easy to imagine who might be interested. Okay. Uh, Adele's management team, September management... Mm-hmm. Uh, moved quickly to, ca- to categorically deny the rumour but hasn't stopped uh, <laughs> why <laughs> no it's not like it's an obscene <laughs> remark is it we need to we need to quash this well especially the, 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 they want people knowing that she's living there isn't it right, really? okay. um, but this hasn't stopped uh, rife speculation in the Dean uh, that she is close to getting a checkbook out one of the Faustine residents who asked not to be named said it's something I've heard a few times from loads of different people and everyone thinks she's interested in the old vicarage apparently she's had at least one viewing it looks like a lovely house. I'd like to live there. Um, at least one viewing, eh? Yeah, at least one. I know. <laughs> what a ridiculous <laughs> comment. Surely you can't be... Can have, it you has can to be at least one. one. Yeah. <laughs> right, uh, so... 
Uh, the home is six bedrooms, a swimming pool, tennis court, five reception what rooms. What sort of vicar was living there? <laughs> well, I would just say it was previously used as a hotel. Or with how he to it. But, but you just said it's a vicarage. The old vicarage. What was this vicarage? Hugh Hefner. Well, uh, sauna, barn, and a paddock, and is set in 4.5 acres of land. District councillor for Drybrook, Ian Whitburn, said uh, it could be good. It's a, vote of conf- yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a vote of confidence in the area, and it shows us it's just as nice here in the Cotswolds where the, the celebrities usually tend to go. Do they? Mm. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, there they, are other parts of the Cotswolds that would be much more desirable, I thought. Well, there are. I know there are. We could be... <laughs> I think this is why. We could be ferrying busloads of fans here, which is good for tourism, I suppose. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Reverend Nick Bromfield, rector of the Holy Trinity Church in Drybrook, which sits opposite the house also said the star will be welcome. Uh, it's a wonderful property and it's not the first time I've heard the rumour, he said. Uh, I think it could be spurious, though. We still have to see. Of course, she'll be very welcome here. They're all chomping at the bit, aren't they, to get her there? Absolutely. Um, if she could help out with the choir and our regular concerts, that would be really good. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there's some comments I've picked out. Um, all your stories have had comments. They have, yeah. There's been a lot of comments. Um, and I've only picked out five. There's quite a few. Um, by John Rath said... Let's hope that Cheryl Cole and Pippa Middleton join her. Right. I'm, no. not, I'm not sure why. Uh, let's, let's Together? I mean, that would be fun lesbian it, party. It Sorry, would. I don't know where my mind went towards. I think that's where his mind is. I think that, that he's, he's obviously, that's exactly where he went first. By Gone Solid Gone says, wow, this is great news. <laughs> um, Duncan Flange. <laughs> what? <laughs> Duncan Flange, that can't be a real name. <laughs> Duncan Flange, yes. I'm going to change my name to Duncan <laughs> Flange. That's quite amazing. Um, it's almost as good as Mark Pugach from Radio 5 Live. <laughs> That's which is true. A yeah, yeah. McDonald's, KFC, Pizza and Bargain Booze are looking for sites in Drybrook, apparently. Which I'm not sure is a reference to her stature, which I think is slightly that, unfair. That is very unfair. Yeah. Um, very unfair. Dawn, Narrow-minded. Bit nasty. Yeah. Uh, Dawn957 said, I wish you'd buy one in my road, then mine would be worth more than a million. Nah, not really. Um, I'd rather see my brother regain his health. That'd be much better than any amount of money. I mean, I, I, if our brother is very unwell, I sympathise with it because putting a comment like that is just pointless because it just comes across as... Ugh. I mean, is there any reason to mention it's her brother like in that story? Out, it's just like thinking out loud, Rob. It's just I, a street consciousness. You, but you're trying to get somebody to go, oh, is your brother okay? And then you can start talking about it. But you don't do that in the comment section of an article. Um, two more comments. He, devil, says... Can't believe it myself. The nearest Greg's is miles away. <laughs> and, um, oh dear. <laughs> by the way, if anybody uh, internationally is listening, uh, Greg's is a place that was described by David Hasselhoff as a delicatessen. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very popular delicatessen in there. Everyone else has got a shit old baker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I would track that comment. No, you don't have to. Okay, okay fine. Um, and the last comment is by 8589 Brian. And he just says, God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, my last story here. Uh, this is the first time we're going to have a video. I'm going to have a video to show you in oh, relation to this. Oh, you mentioned this. And I'm going to ask you to describe it for the listener as you watch it, because obviously they won't be able to see it. This is the story. Brave police commended for taking on broccoli machete man. Wow. Uh, now, this is in the news shopper. It's by Mark Chandler. Twelve officers who took on a machete-wielding maniac on the streets of Broccoli have been awarded for their bravery. I don't know why, but the phrase machete-wielding maniac... Ma- Sorry, twelve? Yeah, machete-wielding maniac is... Do they not have any other... Ta- he's, he's wielding a machete. Yes, but they have tasers. 
The brave police constables, armed with just a shield and a bin, were caught on, <laughs> were caught on yeah, standard issue bin. <laughs> were caught on camera by a student as they attempted to stop the man who was swinging the blade round in Vesta Road, Broccoli, last May. The machete man was eventually disarmed and sectioned under the Mental Health Act. <laughs> Lewis Borough Commander Chief Superintendent Jeremy Burton said, "I am immensely proud of my officers, staff, and our volunteers." There is so much good work being carried out on a daily basis in Lewisham, and those commended are a few examples of the excellent work taking place. These officers and staff have gone way above and beyond what is expected of them, and it is wonderful that their family and friends were there to see them receive awards and to be equally recognised and applauded by their peers. But Rob, there are no comments on this. This is an old story you see about the Broccoli Machete Man, which is on YouTube quite extensively. I'm taking a shorter clip of it, and I want you to describe what you see. Say what you see, so the listener can also see it. Amateur video of machete-wielding man being tackled by police with a wheelie bin. There's machete-wielding man. <laughs> oh my god. Really? Really? What? Describe it. There's a man w- approaching him with a wheelie bin <laughs> and basically ramming him with the wheelie bin while other police officers stand around and watch. Um, but look, he's, that he's, noise you can hear, that high-pitched squeal. Oh my god, he's screaming like a banshee. And he, he, oh my god, he's dressed in what looks like a, yeah, a, an officer just hit him with his baton and seems to make the situation worse. He is literally wearing what looks like a dressing gown, a pair of shorts and trainers, uh, and is basically approaching any officer and taking wild swings with a machete. Um, it's, it's just unbelievable, I mean... I think he was enraged when the man decided to hit him with Why did he do, what? what I loved is the fact that he didn't even budge. <laughs> it made no dent whatsoever. You should have seen this. man literally just walked up to the wheelie bin and literally just hit him with it. Just rammed it into his leg. This is despicable. What? The police aren't say, doing anything. No, I, I thought you'd think this. They're just standing They're around. They're just standing around. They're scared of him. And then they right, just... we're not sure what happened there. It looks like they've they've just employed riot shields, and, and I think they're trying the they're bundled into the floor basically. And basically, one of the guys, there's a guy there. See him? He got sprayed in the face with his own mace. That police officer. That's quite he... common, yeah. by the way. Oh, that, with the mace, but what they always say is you have to be careful with the wind direction because it's because when you spray it, there's a good chance. And it's happened many times where officers have deployed and they've caught their colleague. Right. Which, when there's only two of you, can really uh, hamper a situation. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Right, Rob, you've got a last story for My us. My last here, story, you? yeah. This is another uh, listener email. This is from Shay as well. So thank you, Shay. You've the, uh, sent me some great stories. This is an appeal to find stolen two thousand pound bike. Mm. Mm, two thousand pounds. A lot. I mean, I know lot. they go up to that sort of price, but blimey. Uh, a cyclist with a great passion for bikes has had his pride and joy stolen. David Bandar, I think Bandora, was sitting on a bench in Castle Park with a friend when a group of around 15 teenagers and young men approached and uh, complimented him on his dis- distinctive specialised Endure Evo mountain bike. Nice bike, mate. Something yeah, like that. Something like that. But as he talked to one of the group, another grabbed the bike and rode off into the night <laughs> on May the 25th between 9pm uh, and 10pm. Did he look like a smurf? No, unfortunately. Well, there's no comment on that. Maybe no. it could be, it's possible. Mr. Bandora gave chase but c- could not catch up with the thief. Meanwhile, the others involved also ran away. The 24-year-old Pole had bought the yellow and black full-suspension bike for £2,371 on finance a week ago, and it was not insured. (laughs) Even though he no longer has it, he will still have to keep up the monthly payments. Oh, God. (laughs) Right. 
This is the issue with this story. The, the chef said, I've been in this country five years, and this is the eighth bike I've had stolen. Oh, dear. <laughs> the trusting pole. <laughs> it's not about the money for me. A bike has a soul, and it's like a religion for me. I ride everywhere. I've grown up of 24 years, <laughs> but I've cried because I was so upset. I've been so excited about buying this bike. This is the worst thing. I still have to pay for it, even though it's gone. If you've had seven <laughs> bikes stolen from you, right? Eight. Eight, eight, bikes, eight stolen. bikes stolen from you. You don't go out and spend £2,300 on a bike and not take out insurance. <laughs> if you're prepared to spend that much on a bike, how about you spend £1,500 on a bike and spend the remaining 800 that you are going to spend on some of the best insurance money you can buy? This is insane. Well, this is the issue. This is what people picked up. He's on. an idiot. <laughs> Well, this is what somebody said. He's just, he, yeah, he's just an absolute idiot. The 24-year-old poll, sorry, this is by Commenter42, said, so after seven bikes pr- stolen previously, he didn't ensure or was securely locked on the eighth bike worth the best part of 2,500 pounds. And he just let some teenagers come up to him and go, nice bike, mate, handle it, and then ride off. And by the way, the best part of that story is, Rob, him giving chase, but unable to catch up. Yeah. The image of him... Him running after a bike yeah. that is ever, ever going increasingly away from him, and the point at which he decides, I'm not going to catch up. I like the, the, the idea that this has happened to you every back? single time before. <laughs> Can I, I have do, my bike back now, please? I do wish that he had said how oh, the other bikes were stolen. Because if it's just that people keep coming up to him saying, Nice bike, mate, and riding off on it. Yeah. Oh, dear. PJB, Nitus and Sue said, Should have bought a car. Fair point. I think it's still been stolen. Yeah. Um, Mr. Jommy said, after I had one bike, after I'd, I'd had one bike stolen, I bought the next one on eBay for £65, but then I'm not a complete idiot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rob, my last story here is from, uh, I uh, it's from the new shopper, I don't know who it's by. A toddler's birthday party ended in disaster after a restaurant scene collapsed. Allegedly... <laughs> Allegedly hitting a four-year-old boy and landing in his ice cream. Oh, what are you... Dartford mum Zoe Dunn of Phoenix Place took a party of 20 pizza-loving youngsters to oh, Pizza Jesus. Hut in Bexley Heath Broadway to celebrate her son Riley's third birthday. That sounds like a living nightmare. But as the children tucked into their ice cream factory desserts, Miss Dunn says her son's friend Rio McFarlane... <laughs> made up name. He's going to be a criminal, isn't he? <laughs> it's like Duncan Flange. ...turned to her saying, My head hurts. <laughs> A piece of plaster had fallen from the water damaged ceiling, allegedly hitting him on the head and ruining his pudding. The 29-year-old said, It was about the size of the palm of my hand, so not a little bit of plaster. It landed about two inches away from the side of my head and could easily have landed on my one-year-old. I called for the manager, but I wasn't offered an apology. She took out... She... <laughs> right. She took, it out... <laughs> she took it out of the ice cream and said she would take it off our bill, nothing else. <laughs> Having spent more than two hundred, 200- so they, they charged her for the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Having spent more than two hundred pounds in the restaurant, Miss Dunn branded the manager's offer to deduct ten pounds from her bill as an insult. When she spoke again to the manager the following day, she was this time offered a thirty-pound voucher as compensation for her ruined meal. She added, "It's not even about the money. I said they're insulting me by not apologising. I don't want a voucher as I won't go to Pizza Hut again anyway." A Pizza Hut spokesman said. And you can tell they're thoroughly pissed off by this. They can say health and safety is of the utmost importance to Pizza Hut, and we immediately apologise to Miss Dunn for the incident with the child's ice cream. We've been in regular contact with Miss Dunn, and at no point was it mentioned a child was injured, only that the incident related to their dessert. Staff replaced the ice cream free of charge and provided a £10 discount from the bill. We've offered Miss Dunn an additional goodwill gesture, and therefore we consider the matter to be closed. 
Cook's just says, yeah, Betty the boy is now wearing a neck brace, no win, no fee. Do you know what? That, I have to say, also, that's exactly what I was going also, with. this isn't her son. It's somebody else's son. It's not her son. Oh. The wall says, quick, ring the papers, get them on board and you will have thousands rolling in. Did the child have an open head wound? No. Did you get some freebies? Yes. Having spent more than £200 in the restaurant, eh? That was your choice. And do you think that gives you more rights than somebody only spends £30? Your quote, I won't go to Pizza Hut again. Not that I eat in there, but don't be so pathetic. Go start a Facebook page about it. Is this what the new shopper has come to? A soapbox for whining, irate mothers. Is it, is it wrong that I'm, I'm, I'm almost inclined to agree with the wall? No, the wall often makes some, some, some cogent remarks. Yeah, okay. Last comment, Pine Ash says, Now that's what you call extra toppings. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I love that quote. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's, that's good. It's a good, good line. Yeah. He's, he's clearly given that some thought, I'll yeah. be honest. Okay. I liked it. <laughs> Should we wrap up the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. How can people contact us to email us in their stories? Right. Because we want your stories. I mean, this week, all, all of... By the way, if you ever wonder why I don't read out listener-submitted emails, it's because we just agreed that Rob was going to do it. And, uh, and You I have t- read out one, though. I did, yeah. yeah. And I actually have so many the stories o- that are in the new shop every week that I just... I'm, I'm inundated. Well, I have stories as well. well I where just are can't they? be bothered. Yeah, okay. Um... Yeah, so the email I need to uh, send it to is localanesthetipodcast at gmail.com. And you're going to spell anaesthetic for people in the NATO alphabet and then set me a challenge. Yes. Now, what we would like is, for next week, if, e- if, if listeners could email in a challenge for yeah. either Rob or myself. So a challenge like you've got to spell out the word anaesthetic using only landmarks or, like we had last week, or cartoon characters. So you have to if think you can up think of any, please email them in and we will do them because, trust me... I'm getting desperate. Do you want to spell it in the NATO alphabet? Yes. It's Alpha, November Alpha, Echo, Sierra, Tango, Hotel, Echo, Tango, India, Charlie. And you're going to set me a challenge, and this week I'm going to be good at it. Okay. This week, I thought about this, okay? Things you find in the kitchen. Right. Aye. And you can't have things like a cooker. Can I have a food? Because like, I could just go through food soon, couldn't I? Or am I not allowed an apple? Mm, I can't no. have a cooker, can I? No, <laughs> they're just checking. Okay, no. Uh, I think it'd be utensils. I might accept some foods if you're struggling. Avocado peeler? Uh, yeah. What about apple peeler? Isn't it just called a potato peeler? I don't think there's any such thing as an avocado peeler. No, you should. Oh, right, so you're making up again. Things you found in the kitchen. I'm struggling with A. Mm. Can I have avocado peeler? Okay, oh, right, peeler? okay, avocado peeler. Things you find in the kitchen. This is so narrow. I give you worldwide landmarks. Don't you see why you're getting them? You're giving me things you want in the kitchen. What about household utensils? Okay, household, household utensils then. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Avocado. Peeler. This is why we need your stories. Please, please, we're, we are getting this desperate. Uh, do you mean people's ideas? That's not going to help me do them any better. No. no that's a good point, actually, End. yeah. Household appliances. This is too hard. Can we broaden it out to electric appliances? Any. Okay, any electrical appliances. N. This is getting more and more broad. N. Can you think of anything to do with N? Of course. Can you? No. Um, how about anything found in a house? Okay, anything <laughs> found in a house. N. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um... Worldwide <laughs> items. I can't think of anything beginning with N right now at all. Oh. Noddy toy. No. Noddy toy. <laughs> Apple peeler. And what comes after? Is it E next? Yes. 
Uh, egg timer. You're good. And uh, S next. Yes. Uh, sugar pot. Okay, good. I was going back to the kitchen. I'm refining it. Uh, pardon the pun. Refined sugar. Oh, uh, S T. Am I on T now? Yeah. Uh, toaster. Yes. 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 H. A heater. Yeah. Yeah. We're on a roll now. Come on. And it's uh, egg timer. Yeah. T. T. Toaster. 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 I. Oh, I is the one. I. Uh, I, I, ice rack. Ice. What's it called? Ice compartment. Yes. Ice, yeah. Okay. No, that's fine. Yeah. Ice maker. Uh, and C. C. Don't say anything. It's surely got to be the obvious. There's an obvious one with C, but I'm not going to go with it. I want to be off. I want to be. Want to think of something more clever than. Yeah. Okay. Than the obvious. Uh, 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 Cornflakes. I was going to say cooker. So basically, can I say I was good at that, but it was N. Can you think of anything in the kitchen beginning with N? Go on. Go on, clever clogs. Uh, nutmeg. I would also like to remind uh, listeners that uh, you can review us on iTunes. And I realise that after this, you, you may not do so favourably. But uh, it, w- it would be a good reminder just to say you, you can do that. Thank yeah. you very much for listening. We shall be back next week. Yep. Have a lovely week. And uh, we'll be with you next week. God bless. Take care. <laughs>